0: I'm Kurt, and you're listening to Cat and Kurt's TV Review. Welcome to episode 71. There's always a military, isn't there? This week, we're discussing season 4, episode 7 of Buffy, The Initiative, and series 5, episode 9 of Doctor Who, Cold Blood.
1: As always, we suggest you watch the episodes before you listen to the podcast. Also, if you haven't done so already, you may want to listen to our first podcast to get an idea of our methodology. All right, Buffy first this week. Uh, The initiative. And you just said a couple minutes ago, a lot happens in this episode. So uh, very eventful, very exciting. Um, uh, We
0: finally find out who the men with guns are. We
1: do, yeah. Um, So I want to start with the men with guns um, and the scientists who control them, apparently. Um, Yeah. um, So a couple things about before we get into the specifics of who's involved and what they do and who they're working on and everything, I guess I want to talk about the broader, you know, concept of the initiative. Um, okay. So, yeah. Because a couple things jumped out to me.
0: So, so sorry, first, real quick. Yeah. Just, I have a, I have a question that I've actually <laughs> been wanting to ask you, like, a few episodes now, but, like, I didn't want to give anything away. Yeah. Did you have any guesses about who you thought these people might be or what they were doing or that kind of thing. Like, and if uh, so, like how, I'm just curious, like, did you, did you put together any of, of the stuff that kind of went on? Cause I, I don't know that there are a lot of specific hints, but I'm just curious what. Yeah,
1: not really. I mean, I think, I mean, I don't know that I would have been that far off in terms of, okay, there's military types with guns who are capturing monsters from what we could see, like vampire we see like the kind of, you know, red shirt vampire, and then they're going after they don't catch Faruka, but they kind of are following her and her gang, um, in that one episode. And then we saw them get spike the other week too. So I probably would have like the the idea of a kind of pseudo military you know, organization that's capturing monsters and, you know, doing what they're doing, either locking them up or experimenting on them or whatever. That's kind of not, you know, I don't know that I ever, like, vocalized that theory, but that seems about right from what we saw. Like, that's not a hugely big departure from, I think, what was hinted at. What I what I think comes from more out of left field is the fact of um, where it's located, um, which I want to talk about, but then also who's involved. So, like, the specifics of Walsh and Riley and other students on the campus and everything. Like, I wouldn't have connected those characters to the men with guns, necessarily. Um, So, yeah, so I think certain elements, maybe kind of more... We still don't really know what their purpose is, but we can kind of guess, you know, make educated guesses.
0: Well, I know. So they're,
1: well, you know. I don't. I can make an educated guess. Um, So that kind of stuff, I think, was, like, broadly hinted at and not hugely surprising, but I think linking that with the characters that we already know is more where the kind of didn't twist comes in, you know, of, like, thinking you know, you know, what kind of people they are and then finding out oh no they're totally different people than you thought they were um so yeah so so so,
0: where do you want to begin with that
1: well so just a few things that kind of struck me um that uh for the the whedon fans out there it it had a kind of proto cabin in the woods vibe to me of like the cells with the monsters and everything so um I'm maybe kind of looking forward to maybe a scene down the road where everything gets opened up and, like, you know, you know what hits the fan and, like, whole... And I don't know. Maybe not. not you know, and it, I'm wondering how far this parallel between the two is going to go. Like, if he was working with some of those same ideas, you know, a few years before he wrote Cabin in the Woods or whatever.
0: Yeah. Well, not just a few. Like, what? Like,
1: well a significant amount of years
0: yeah yeah more than a decade at least so yeah no that's that's interesting because i don't think i'm trying to remember when my last buffy rewatch is and i think it i think it was before i saw cabin in the
1: woods
0: yeah Yeah. i'm not 100% sure of that but um Definitely this time in watching this when I when I watched Cabin in the Woods, it did not immediately scream the initiative to me. Right. right. Um, I actually have seen more uh, sort of parallels and and thought myself of more parallels to like Dollhouse with sort of the ubiquitous mm-hmm. uh, surveillance and that kind of thing. Right. Um, right. This time watching this episode. agree like there's there's definite so and in and in the cabin in the woods uh, it also has this sort of obliquely named you know sort of generically named but like uh sort of ominous sounding um you know term Mm -hmm. that's uh, you know, in, in Cabin in the Woods, it's just the facility, mm-hmm. right? Like they don't yeah. ever actually yeah. like give a name to it. It's just, again, right. like a quasi-military slash governmental, almost, you know, 1950s nuclear bunker-esque uh, idea. And like here, it has maybe a little more modern feel to it than that, but like still, it's just the initiative. It's right. like, you know, right. again, like this code name sort of idea that there's something ominous and creepy and yet like bureaucratic (laughs) about it right right that you're not quite sure i mean we don't know all the details yet but like yeah anyway so i i those are the sorts of things that i definitely saw this time around too so yeah
1: well and an initiative kind of implies a certain uh maybe a little bit of hubris maybe of kind of like We're the the ones who are going to do something, you know, like we're the ones who are going to take, you know, I presume this is we're going to take the initiative. So like this would be my educated guess, I guess, is I presume that they're, you know, whoever started it, whoever they're backed by, I'm not sure, but they're kind of going to rather than fight evil, you know, as Buffy does kind of like hands-on and, you know, defending individual victims or whatever sort of by getting in the fray and getting involved in stuff. They're more, you know, kind of being sort of proactive about it, like actively hunting these monsters down and I guess not just, you know, dusting them or whatever, but, like, you know, studying them and experimenting on them and, like, they have... um it, it is a little weird, like, if they want to stop, and this is where I'm not quite sure, like, we have to see where the initiative goes, and what I'm kind of interested to see is what, when Buffy inevitably finds out about them, what is, what is the relationship going to be? Is this going to be, like, an ally, or a competitor, or an enemy? Like, I'm not quite sure yet, you know, because it's like, okay, if you want to fight evil, why not just... Dust spike then and there, but they don't they implant him with uh you know something which causes him pain and stops him from hurting people so but but they do that so that they can then capture him to I guess presumably do more experiments on him um so it's this weird thing of I don't know whether they're being cruel or kind, is it like you know is it kind of like all right, we're protecting him you know, for his own good and for other people's good and we're like, you know, we don't have to kill him, we can just make him harmless and then nobody gets hurt and everyone's happy. Or that's kind of the nice way of looking at it, but it could be something more sinister where instead of just straightforwardly offing him like Buffy would do, they want to keep him locked up and you know, do whatever experiments they want to do and use him as a lab rat and do all this kind of stuff. And it could end up being way more sinister than, you know, just wanting to protect people. So we don't know enough yet, you know, kind of, it's one of those things where it could go either way. And I'm not sure what the relationship to, you know, how are the Scooby gang going to feel about these guys, when they find out about them, or vice versa. Um, so, uh, and so and so, and another thing too, which kind of along those same lines is interesting that um, it is we find out located underneath uh, one of the frat houses on the campus. So I think that's interesting to go from to go from high school, which sat on the Hellmouth. Now we have you know college which sits on something else so yeah again there's two possibilities to me one is that it's the opposite of the hellmouth where rather than having like you know dark magic and chaos and vampires and evil you have this like very clinical um scientific rules and order and science and all these kind of ideals versus like you know like the, the yin to the hellmouth siang or whatever, you know? Or or are we meant to see them as parallel? As like, this is just another type of hellmouth, you know? And it might uh, look totally opposite of the other hellmouth, but maybe when you get right down to it, they're not so different. Um,
0: yeah. uh,
1: and so those are kind of the questions that I have at the moment
0: um all good questions yeah and you get the sense that the initiative is sort of a sprawling area beneath right like it's not obviously contained immediately below the dorm itself that's just sort of the main shaft and then underneath it opens up to like an expansive series of rooms and cells and all those kind of stuff um and like, not just rooms, but, like, huge, like, cavernous rooms. Right,
1: like, aisles and aisles of these uh, these cells and various, like, you know, uh, operation theaters and all sorts of weird stuff. Um, yeah, so that's kind of, yeah, like, it's not so much that it sits under the frat house as, as it sits underneath the campus. And that's kind of why I think, like... On the size of scale, I think it's supposed to be like the hell mouth, like you once again have the school sitting over this like institution of some sort, you know, and, and that makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable, you know i kind of makes me not trust them um yeah
0: um, well but, and and I, I think it brings up a lot of different questions like I mean clearly, to build something like that, you need a lot of time and money and yeah dedication (laughs) you know what I mean like there's there's this isn't like a fly-by-night operation clearly so you don't know how long it's been going there and then so that sort of brings up the question of okay in order to do that who knows about that do school administrators know in the way that snyder knew kind of kind of sort of knew although snyder we found out wasn't even wholly in on you know like the the he wasn't like a level he just knew something weird was going on and that the mayor had a lot of power but wasn't like privy to the sort of inner circle so he wasn't
1: really on the inner circle
0: really so yeah like what's going on and of course i mean the you know these are moonlighters apparently like and i don't necessarily i don't know if you want to go to talk about walsh and the students and all that yet but like you know they do have day jobs so to speak whether it is as a professor or as a student like they're they're passing off being students and they're right
1: and that's that's kind of what's unclear to me is like where riley and his you know you know, friends, I guess, were they students who were recruited into the initiative or are they initiative workers who are posing as students, you know, and I'm not quite sure.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And, and I think rightfully so, like, I think that's, yeah, definitely meant to. I
1: mean, it seems like, you know, they're carrying some heavy firepower and, you know, special agent Finn, that sounds pretty high up. It doesn't sound like they just started this job last week or anything. You know, um, so my inclination would at least be that, uh, they've been around with working with the initiative for a fair amount of time, you know, but, but, you know, you, you know, if they're old enough to be TAs, you know, so they're either like upperclassmen or grad students or whatever, um, you know, then presumably they could have started when they were, freshmen or something it doesn't necessarily mean that they are like you know uh, secret agents or anything you know it could have been that they were recruited from inside the university um but don't know yet
0: so yeah i that's all interesting and thoughtful and i think we'll find out a lot of that uh as time moves on um I guess one of the things that I well, first of all, I want to mention I I really like the scene, um, <laughs> where like Riley uh gets called and like oh we need you downstairs like you know what we need to bring up more beer right. or something like that like yeah. and then you go and they're talking and, and they're he's so talking casual about, you know, yeah yeah like talking they're talking about girls you know what I mean just like oh you know Buffy this Buffy that you know uh, whatever and then like. <laughs> as they're doing this like totally normal like frat guy yeah you know conversation they're going and like opening up into this like super you know high-tech elevator where they're like getting their eyes scanned right like you don't voice it, it's like you don't and, quite
1: register it until it's like wait did they just have their retinas scanned are they getting into yeah. a secret elevator right now but like the conversation you're so you're trying to pay attention to the like the conversation but you're also trying to register the fact that like uh,
0: right. okay
1: this is getting weird but it, for them it's totally normal and what's going on and everything so
0: yeah and they and they've moved it like even the you know just sort of the style of like the interior of the elevator yeah. calls back to like the interior of spike's cell yeah. you know what i mean like so like they, there's still there's like this parallel going on there but it's such they're separated so much in your mind at that point that you're still sort of struggling to make the connection yeah that kind i of think thing. by
1: the time they were like going down in the elevator and it had that very clinical white walled kind of look. I was kind of like, Oh, I see right. what's happening. But just, but it, that, that first moment where they just go up to the the door and it's it, that green light sort of scans their eyes. That's the first one where you're like, wait, what? <laughs> like,
0: right. And then you get the automated response saying, yeah. you know, yeah. agent. Finn, yeah. Riley, no, that's, you that's know, really
1: like, well done. Um.
0: um so I, I like all of that. I think, um, yeah. I, I mean, I don't want to get into too much with like future speculation, but <clears throat> excuse me. Um, so, yeah, like there's there's a lot of question about what they're doing and what what's going on. Um, maybe, maybe we can talk. So, I, maybe let's just talk about like Walsh and that. them real quick because like i don't know that there's a lot more to say than we've already even said but like you know clearly she well one we get like i think you're right that this the soldiers and and like riley himself i like it seems like at least to me (coughs) and i honestly i don't know if this is ever actually answered in um the text or whatever you know specifically or not but it seems to me that at least Riley probably was not a student who was recruited but Mm -hmm. was someone brought in because like he seems like second in command to Walsh right? right and we even get that moment of like Forrest saying are you really pulling rank on me like right right almost seems like either Forrest maybe Forrest was a student who got recruited by Riley and doesn't, isn't like true soldier, but like, you know, Riley seems a little more polished in that regard. Like he's, he's the one who knows what's going on. And like, you know, yeah. So do you have a problem with that? Like I am, I do outrank you. So like, you know, he, he's, yeah, that
1: was my, that was my guess too. Like if, you know, that at the very least they've been with the initiative for a long time but probably more likely that's what they are first is like trained so- soldiers for the initiative that are right you know posing as students or 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 the student comes secondary to that you know yeah um yeah. rather than well, like I'm... this is a secret work study placement that they're doing with professor walsh <laughs> or something like it doesn't right. seem like that like that they're like right. um they they he seems much more authoritative and trained than something like that would imply, I think. And
0: just sort of the fact that now it's like he's always sort of by Walsh's side, right? Like so like he's not just her TA. Right. He's also like the main military guy right. in her,
1: right.
0: you know, facility. Right. So you know, there's there's like this idea that like sort of whereas Forrest and Graham and the others just seem like regular students so they're also like the grunt soldier right right you know i mean um i think the other thing here is to like you know you could easily have you know these guys you know okay we are we've gotten a number of references to riley being older than buffy right like a few years Mm -hmm. at least or whatever and so you get these this idea that you could easily have someone in their earlier mid-20s being in college still, you know, getting their masters or, right. um, you know, just maybe took a year or two off, but also like if they went into the military, they could have gone in at 17, 18, right. gotten three, four years of training.
1: Right. And then right.
0: gone to this assignment. Like, you know, it doesn't, it just cause they're just cause they look young and right. college right. and relatively college age. Doesn't mean that they couldn't still have been in the military for several years, yeah. you know? Right. Um, that kind of thing. So
1: Right, and he think, could be a little bit older than he looks, too. You know, we don't really yeah. know how old he is. Um, right. So. right.
0: And especially because he seems to be the one who's brought up the fact that he's older right. a couple of times. Right. Like, I don't know how significant that is, but it is something that he seems to be at least acutely aware of. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I don't. Again, I don't know that we can say a whole lot more about that. Anything else on sort of Walsh Um, also also sort of sets her uh, position as a psychology professor Mm -hmm. in an interesting Mm -hmm. sort of light, too, I think.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, So it makes you wonder, like, what are her – like, are her qualifications actually in psychology? And if so, how does that qualify her to be the leader of the initiative as well? Right. If she's the leader. I mean, there could be someone above her as well. Who right. knows?
1: Yeah, because there's that scene where she uh, kind of snaps at Willow when Willow's trying to um, convince them that Oz is going to be back. And she kind of calls her on that. Um, you know, and Buffy has that little thing about, you know, for someone who teaches human psychology, you know, maybe you could, uh, you know learn a little something about it Um, or human behavior. That's what it is. You might try showing some, Um, but then, you know, so it kind of, is like, well, if this is her real job, humanity, isn't her specialty. You know, it seems like monsters are her specialty, you know, maybe, maybe protecting humanity is, but, uh, but what she's studying, it seems to be the vampires and the monsters. So maybe she's not such an authority on human behavior as we thought. Um, or maybe there's a way where psychology does connect to it and we just don't know that yet. Um, so it's kind of, it it kind of sheds a different light on that in retrospect. Um, but then, so then also in that scene, after Buffy says all that, Walsh says, I like her. So, you know, she is definitely, uh, you know, sensitive Willow is... Not her favorite. Whereas, like, it seems like she's impressed by Buffy's kind of, you know, tell it like it is, you know, a little bit tougher, you know, a little bit angry. You know, like, she seems like, you know, clearly the way she runs her class and it seems like the way she runs the initiative is this kind of, like, expect excellence, no nonsense, you know, nothing less than, you know, the best kind of way. Um, Mm -hmm. so at this point anyway it seems like she likes that about Buffy um
0: right and and then to like sort of your point is that uh filter for recruitment in a way sure. you know what I mean yeah. like you know is that those sort of situations that that pop up is that you know then make her eligible Buffy I mean eligible to sort of right. be recruited like right you know you were you were maybe thinking so right right. here's um, here's
1: a tough person who can stand up for themselves and <clears throat> say what she right. thinks and you know uh yeah definitely
0: yeah sort of a more surreptitious version of like ender's game kind of thing Sure, like, yeah know. um but anyway uh yeah 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 so all all definitely things to think about but yeah i think at this point we just don't know enough we've we've now seen deeper into all of that stuff, but, uh, yeah, still not, not uncovered everything. No. Um,
1: um, so,
0: okay. So which way do you want to go from here? Do you want to talk about spike and sort of his experience? Let's talk about spike
1: first and then we'll get into like the relationship stuff. Um, but so, uh, I just want to say I'm excited that James Marsters is in the credits because that means we're going to see him a lot more.
0: <laughs> yes. No, good, happy. <laughs> actually good observation. Cause that, that I forgot to put that in my notes, but yeah. that is definitely, uh, yes, this is the first time we uh, f- sort of officially see him in the credits. And, and I think, you know, even without having him in the credits, uh, and, and of course, you know, it's because Oz is gone, right? We know that right. Seth Green goes on to do other stuff. So this is him sort of filling in to some degree for that, yeah. you know, missing character. But I mean, I, I think even just from a story perspective, you could sort of see that he's going to have another significant role yeah. in this season um, beyond what he's already sort of had. So,
1: yeah. And I, um, and I knew, I, I knew there was a, Point where he was going to get more involved on like a regular basis again, um, but I wasn't quite sure when that was. So right, um, just like
0: just like we've talked about before. Like I I know the faces, if not the names of right, certain companions, of companions, but
1: not when they start I, or whatever. Yeah,
0: yeah, or or when they leave, or even when right. they might come back. Like I I mean, we'll talk about this in a bit. But like right. Rory, I know that he was a companion of the doctor. I don't know if he's coming back or something. I would like to hope that he is, but you know what I mean? Like, right. so there's, there's sort of similar things like, yeah, even if you know or think, you know, right. you're, not sure it, you're, you're not sure
1: what you actually know. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You don't know what you don't know and, and, <laughs> and how much what your knowledge is, you know? Yeah. He Anyway. So yeah. Yeah. It is cool that he's here. And, and again, it's, you know, there's there's sort of a compensation there with uh, Oz slash Seth Green leaving, but yeah, um, good good choice. You know, if yes. you have to pick yeah. an alternate, uh,
1: yeah, definitely. Um, so I mean, I talked a little bit about uh what it is they actually do, so we can get into that a little bit more. Uh. In a few minutes, I think. But, um, kind of interesting to see this kind of, uh, well, so, again, there's just this continuing, uh, little, like, theme or gag of kind of things just going worse and worse for Spike, right? Like, pretty much since, like, he came back at the beginning of this season, I feel like each time we see him, he gets, like, whipped a little harder and... Like, even um, Harmony kind of calls that out. Like, why do you want to go look for Buffy? You know she's just going to beat you up. And, like, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We know that at this point. And you're kind of like, he doesn't realize that. You know, but each time it just gets worse and worse. So, right. you're kind of seeing this um, growing obsession with her. That, like, he's it it's him watching her and kind of, you know, serenading himself about how he's going to get her when they capture him you know um, and then when he wakes up he completely assumes that this is totally a setup for yeah. Buffy and, and it's her fault and she has funding now and look what she can do um, and then even when <laughs> yeah. he escapes his plan isn't to get the heck out of Sunnydale it's to go and punish Buffy for like the initiative <laughs> and everything you know and of course that gets him captured again or almost does
0: um right right I love, I love i love that whole so you know some nameless vampire and actually i believe i i i don't know i haven't looked this up but i believe that the vampire who's in the cell next to him uh-huh. is the same vampire that we see i think it's in the first episode of this season that's what i thought get too taken yeah but he i'm was not like the I'm first, first a... one that
1: we saw get taken by those yeah. guys right
0: I I'm not 100% sure on that, but I I believe that's
1: I think you're right cuz I think I I think I remember him.
0: Um so Cuz he yeah, even no, says
1: I, he even says that like Buffy that cuz that's why Spike thinks that Buffy is behind the initiative because that vampire even says like you know, it was Buffy that like com- so I think he's referring he was running to away. when she like, you know, went after them in their like frat house thing and yep. broke them up and then he's the one that gets uh captured at the end so right right yeah
0: yeah i believe that so but i just love that like there it like so he's like the inside guy now like he's been there a few weeks right. or um you know a couple months or whatever and like you know, he's the one with the knowledge and this yeah. like schooling spike on how things run in the joint yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. But I love like, right. So when he mentions, you know, I'm, I'm one minute, I'm running from the slayer and the next I'm here Yeah. and spike just his like yeah. visceral, I knew it. I knew, I knew it! it was the yeah. slayer. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it's just, and of course the irony being yeah. the slayer had nothing to do with this, yeah. but actually um, this
1: is the one time you can't blame her for what is
0: happening. Yeah. To you. <laughs> uh, And, uh, yeah the vampire yeah she took apart my crew like he, he was the he was not the leader of that crew (laughs) like you know what i mean like whatever but um so you sort of playing it up but the uh yeah like you mentioned like yeah i was worried what would happen when that you know lady got some funding yeah yeah and so like you know the 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 funny thing you know about that is of course you know you get punk rock spike you know of course He's blaming the corporate interests, right? Oh, Buffy's gone. You know, yeah. Brandon now. Like she's, she found some venture capitalist. She sold right. out.
1: <laughs> like... She sold out to the man. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I just love that whole yeah. like sort of the undertone of that. You know, like he just again sort of assumes that. And I I want to point out now, even though we're not talking about um the soldiers and stuff anymore, but I do want to point out that there's a parallel assumption uh, by. Riley and Forrest and the others when, when, you know, after Buffy beats them up and they, they don't know who it is, mm-hmm. but the assumption is that whoever it was is siding with Spike or, or Hostel 17 right. as they call him. Right. So, so there's this, there's the, and I think that goes back to your point of like, you don't know at this point, like what, how it's all going to shake down. Is there going to be a conflict between Buffy and right? uh the initiative or or is there gonna be uh right a team are they up? gonna
1: team up or are they gonna be on opposite
0: and you know and the other the other or thing it that might I would be throw like
1: in, it might be one of those things where like similar goals but they disagree on the method or something you know like they want to protect people but maybe buffy doesn't approve of their means or vice versa you know or whatever yeah but we don't. i mean we the, don't know the,
0: the other thing i would throw into that mix is that we've seen Buffy and Spike team up before too? So right. this, there you know, it could be even like what you said, like maybe the initiative what they're actually doing turns out to be so heinous right. that you know Spike doesn't like them obviously, and you know it could be something where maybe it's Buffy this time who recruits him to help. Right. So there's there's a lot of little variations on a theme that this that this could go. Um,
1: well, and, I mean, we, and and. To complicate that even further, <laughs> you get this, uh, and I want to talk about the scene with Willow in a little bit more detail, but before we talk about that, you get this idea that they've implanted something which prevents Spike from being able to at least bite someone, if not harm them full stop. It, it The yeah. implication is like it kind of does even more than that. It's not even just that he can't bite, it's that like he can't like, it's almost like he couldn't even really fight back that well. Um, like, yeah. you know, and I don't quite no, know how far to take that, but, um,
0: so, so Riley actually explains it. And, okay. and I think we can take him at his word at this point. Hostile 17 can't harm any living creature in any way without okay. intense neurological pain. Okay. So I, think I knew I got I, that
1: from somewhere. Okay.
0: Yeah, no, that's, that's about the clearest explanation we get okay. <laughs> for like anything in the, right, you know, at this point. So it's, it's definitely right not tied just to biting but actually right. harming people in any way right. that he now will have this sort of pavlovian
1: right. pain response <laughs> right. you know like so uh, so that kind of adds even another dimension of uh spikes forced nonviolence <laughs> like
0: yeah. you
1: know against his own will but he's sort of uh so it's kind of a uh, it's not parallel but it's kind of a twist on the angel thing of a vampire who doesn't hurt people you know rather than you know it being because of a soul and because he doesn't want to hurt people you know I think Spike would happily beat up yeah. these soldiers and bite Willow if he could but he can't so you know whether that plays the part in a potential team up you know yeah. Uh, I'm not sure, you know, like, is, is Buffy going to be as willing to stake him if he isn't acting like the villain, you know, um, yeah. or what will he do in order to destroy the initiative in order to reverse whatever they've done or whatever, you know, like, right. there's all kind of, there's all sorts of reasons why they might end up wanting to help each other. Um,
0: yeah. Now, there's only one thing that i'll throw in there and i'm not i'm honestly not sure if this is intended or if this was just something that maybe got overlooked and maybe so we should overlook it okay um but there is with the whole escape scene Mm -hmm. he does fight with the two sort of interns but if you notice like he sort of pushes them away he doesn't like go full out like punching them right i don't thing. Right. And I'd have to look at the fight scene again like in more detail. And that's kind of
1: was my hesitation like I wasn't sure whether it was right to say that he literally can't even lift a finger to defend himself. Because he does. But I think the implication to me is that he couldn't do it very well. Certainly by the end when he's fighting them off like in the dorm room he doesn't seem to be able to put up much of a fight. So it seems like he can't do, like, extreme acts of violence, like, bite somebody. But maybe for, like, just basic self-defense, it, like, takes a lot of the fight out of him, even though he might be able to put up, like, yeah. some sort of a weak resistance or something.
0: Well, and and that actually might also give a hint to sort of um, Dr. Walsh, you know, in her role. Like, is there an intent, is there sort of a psychological intent behind, mm-hmm. so, like... You know, is there a difference between self-defense and uh, attacking someone right. sort of at a psychological level? And, and maybe there is. So, like, yeah, if someone comes at you, you can push them away and not experience this pain. But if, you know, but if you're and actively going to right. hit them.
1: Right. Uh, Defense you know, versus and, offense kind of thing. Yeah. Like you right. can't that's, go that... in for the for the attack or for the kill. But if you're kind of shielding yourself or, you know, or whatever, yeah. then he can kind of get away with it.
0: Um, And I think I don't know if I I I think I may have mentioned this before, but that's sort of like the thing I always like say to my kids is, you know, if you're free to stop someone from hurting you, like, yes, absolutely. The moment, though, that it turns from you stopping them hurting you to you hurting them that's where it becomes wrong on your end. Right. Like you you're just because someone hurts you or even because they try to hurt you does not give you the right to hurt them back. Now, you know, in some cases it may be necessary to knock someone out, you know, to get them to stop trying to hurt you. Like there, there are those extreme cases, but they are extreme and it's, you know, really at that point, you're talking about something well beyond a reasonable person. You know, there's, there's some other, Thing that's going on there but right. anyway so like like that seems to be maybe the yeah. difference here although yeah. i think we can keep our eyes open and see if that holds up or not I that's
1: kind of how i read it at the time anyway um yeah that's i what will makes point them, out too that's what makes the most sense given what we know and what we see i think in right. the episode
0: like like the big moments where he's sort of effecting his escape um one you get like the intern who accidentally stabs the other with right. the syringe yeah. so like it's not really spike who does it It's right. he's just kind of like pushes him away yeah. and you know the and like even even with the other guy he just kind of like does like an arm twist and he you know does sort of the classic movie spin around yeah, and or like, his back
1: or like when they when more when like the reinforcements come, all he does is kind of push the other vampire into them. He doesn't attack them really. He just sort of says, we're splitting up. You're going that way and I'm going this way.
0: (laughs) And, and so there's the question. So if we want to parse Riley's words even more, hostile 17 can't harm any living creature. So Mm. does that include vampires? Right.
1: Right. Like what, what what does living creature mean? things. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So like there's, there's also that sort of thing. And, so then, is the implication there? Well, I don't know. I don't want to suggest too much, uh-huh. whatever. But like, maybe the interns who are trying to take him aren't necessarily mm. completely human, too. Or right. I don't know. Like, you know, there's there. So that opens up other possibilities. Right. That right. Just
1: like don't. levels of semantics and technicalities, yeah. and like yeah, yeah,
0: which we've seen before. Like, you know. How come you can walk right into my house, Angel? Oh, because you invited me over whenever right. you got a house, even though you didn't happen to have one at right, the time. Right. Like, you know, there are it's not unprecedented that there would be these yeah, little sorts right. of, kind of
1: read the fine print kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. yeah Which exactly. we get another great moment of the Willows listening to her sad music and just knock on knock on the door, come in, and then Spike walks in and you're like, Oh crap.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, She invited him know, in.
1: And you you almost feel like if, if you were in the Scooby gang on the one hand, you want to scream at them and say, you must just assume that every time someone knocks on your door, it's a vampire. On the other hand, you know, you would totally do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it was like the most casual thing. And he just totally plays it so cool and just strolls right in. Cause he knows that that worked. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's another great kind of callback to that. Um,
0: right. Right. Um, so yeah. Anyway, like I feel like we took that all around different ways. Um,
1: yeah, I do the... want to talk about like the scene though, where we get the big demonstration of this fact. Um, <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> it's another. It is. It's, it's a. It's a callback to. Now I'm gonna forget. It the one where where Drusilla dumped him, and he went after Willow, and he ends up sort of just, uh, you know, right. singing the blues to her instead um it right, seems he kidnapped like it's, Willow. yeah it's very and, and you know, his
0: whole his whole shtick is you know oh well now that i've kid-, like if i do this grand gesture like drusilla will want me back yeah again. yeah like yeah again like it's he's thinking along the lines of you know his romantic pursuits or whatever right and, right um, and
1: it's a very so it's like you know because it's the, the same characters you kind of can't help compare but it's that same mix of scary and funny too where both times right. you feel like she's in real danger. And especially when he first attacks her, you know, turns yeah. up the music, it's like pretty disturbing, you know? Um, well,
0: and I, I did want to mention that because there's, there's a clear difference in tone yeah. before the commercial break, yes. you know, to after. Right. It. Right. Um,
1: <laughs> no, it, absolutely. So,
0: uh, And, and, you know, in, in a, episode where you have frat parties and you know things like this like yeah there's a very sort of rapey feel about this scene you know and i mean we've
1: got that before but this might be one of the strongest if not the strongest you know examples of that i think of like the vampire attack being like a you know not even a pseudo rape like a literal rape like, like, yeah, throwing you on the bed pushing and her, you. Like, yeah. it's not even pseudo. It's just what it is, you know?
0: Right, right. And so... And,
1: th- I mean, the tone changes really because it turns into a giant joke about his impotence, you know? <laughs> and so, you know? Yeah. Y- and, and so it yeah. becomes a joke at his expense. But definitely, it doesn't stop it from being disturbing and scary. Because you know he would do it if he could, you know? And and he totally right. meant to and she really couldn't do much about it so
0: and and i think one of the things i don't know that i would say that i've always had a problem with but one of the mm-hmm. things that i've sort of come to have a problem with between those two things is because in the conversation that ensues you know in the second half of the you know after the commercial break or whatever yeah. um it it becomes more as though it's consensual right when it really isn't right and i and i think and and then i think you know by the end and they're definitely going for the humor and the mixed feel yeah. and and i think it works to a certain extent like especially because they kind of take it on like a little further than you would even yeah. expect them to like um yeah it's still kind it's, of funny because
1: it, the joke is at the expense of spike you can laugh right. at it you know but right. i agree with you like there's yeah like I mean, and on the one hand, I understand it because it's in the wake of the breakup with Oz. So you have Willow feeling particularly uh, vulnerable and not very confident about herself. And so, and, you know, in general, I think she probably feels like, compared to like Buffy or Cordy, she's not yeah. necessarily like...
0: Right, I'm not pretty, yeah, I'm not she's desirable like the she's the, you know.
1: she's the wallflower of the group, right? But like... Right. So you can kind of understand why she would feel like uh, you know, if I were sexier, Spike would wanna turn me into a vampire or something. But yeah, it does become a little bit of her like, you know, to to be victimized is something to be proud of in a weird way, or like you know, or right. there's something like... kind of like it you you know, that must say something good about you if you know guys want to attack yeah. you and that's not a good message yeah, it's not a yeah. good message it, to send
0: <laughs> there there is sort of a weird um like it get it
1: kind of a weird rape culture kind of thing like of like well, wait it, a it minute it starts yeah. out yeah
0: kind of funny but then like sort of the more you think about it yeah.
1: you're like ah, I'm not
0: totally 100% comfortable with that yeah but then I, but then I, you get i agree yeah you get to the point where like willow suddenly like or I could like if you can't attack me, I'll just smash this lamp over your head, you right. know, or whatever right. it is. And like... there
1: is that element of how much of it is her keeping him talking, you know, and kind of doing her like, mm-hmm. Well, I can do a spell for you or I can tell you what you want to hear so that we can just keep a conversation going. But yeah. But you also feel like because of the Oz stuff, it's not totally an act. Like she actually does feel that way to a certain extent she feels yeah. a little disappointed that she's not a victim you know or like whatever
0: yeah. um, right right yeah it, it does have a sort of weird dynamic so I, d- I don't know that i want to make too much of that because there is i mean it is kind of funny and whatever but it, there is like the more you kind of get into that i think it's maybe not maybe not the best executed gag right <laughs> in the buffy verse and
1: i think that's where you know uh, the kind of Anti hero thing can get a little tricky is Mm. because we like Spike. Like, I think it's different with Angel because Angel's an anti hero, but clearly, like, you know, I mean, we might think Dark Angel is like, you know, cool or sexy or whatever, but like, clearly that's the bad side and you don't want that to happen. Whereas with Spike, the danger with Spike is liking him better when he's trying to rape people. <laughs> and so, you know yeah. I think that's like that I'm not saying it's like a poorly written character or that we shouldn't like him or I mean clearly I'm happy that we're gonna see more of him. But that's the danger with kind of thinking that he's cool for being the villain, you know? Mm-hmm. Um so I think it's something to keep an eye on because you know, if the version of Spike we like best is the one that's, like, throwing girls on beds and violating them, that might be a little bit of a problem. Um Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's... And I... But I think, like, this this scene aside, I think the show knows that, you know, and kind of knows that it's dealing with someone who is, like, dangerous and is, like, an hero. Like, I don't think they're just... I I hope they're not just romanticizing that aspect of the character and everything. Like, I think they actually do realize that he represents real danger and, you know, shouldn't just be loved just because he's, like, funny and, you know, irreverent and everything. Um.
0: Right. Right. So, yeah. <clears throat> um.
1: And so I think that's kind of why I do like some of the more humorous sides of his, like you know, the, the kind of jokes about how, you know, oh, this happens to others. It doesn't happen to me. It it reminds me of like that episode where he did get dumped by Drusilla and like, he's, you know, whining to Joyce over hot chocolate and stuff like blurring the, like where he, he, I mean, that's kind of almost the version of Spike that I like best is where like he wants to be really bad and he's like kind of. A loser. He's, just not he's good a little at it. bit of a loser, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> and I think that's yeah. kind
1: of what they've been getting at this season when we've seen him is like he's really bad at being badass. Like he kind of keeps messing it up. Um, right. And and it seems like if he stays with whatever they did to him for a while, he may go even further down that road of not being able to be the villain at all. Um.
0: um and it so. Yeah, and what was the successful part of him being a villain? It was his relationship with Drew, right? Right. Whereas now, right, who's he with?
1: Right, (laughs) Harmony. We have to talk
0: about Harmony because, like, there's some hilarious stuff here. Although,
1: with is sort of a loose term, he kind of just goes to her to have like backup to go take down Puffy.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, so maybe another not so great gender aspect of the show is, you know, Harmony's, I mean, she slaps him, but then like immediately takes him back. So here we have basically not, well, I mean, she's kind of battered because like last time we saw them, right. It was, he was like pushing her down and taking the ring of uh, whatever Amara from from her and like you know she's distraught and all of like so you know you get this sense again that it's like he's just not treating women very well but there's a likability to sort of how he's acting towards harmony because we don't like her that much either (laughs) like maybe or at least not as not as much as like we like drusilla as as an evil sort of right genius kind of thing and right She's um,
1: certainly she's certainly less uh not even in the same league as drew in terms of impressive yeah. villain quality um right you get and like, this, <laughs> to talk about harmony for a second you get this parallel between her and xander you know because uh-huh. so because i mean obviously because of the kind of them talking a, a big talk and trying to you know tell each other all the horrible things, they're, all the ways they're going to kill each other. And then it completely is like a slap battle. Um, right. And it's yeah. like completely ridiculous and they're both morons. And they kind of call a truce at the end because they know neither of them can win, but they're so embarrassed that they have to just <laughs> drop it and like, okay, you know what, let's just like pretend that didn't happen. But to me, yeah. to me, that kind of suggests like, A parallel, like, (sighs) like, Harmony is to Spike and Drew what Xander is to Buffy a little bit. Like, you know, Mm. on their side, but not in the same league in terms of effectiveness, you know, Uh, and not to say, like, obviously I like Xander better than I like Harmony and, you know, whatever. But that kind of, there are are varying levels of hero and villain, and not everyone is as good at it (laughs) as everybody else. Um.
0: And and I like that this comes after Xander's bragging to Giles about how well he remembers hand to hand combat. Yeah, yeah. like like because he even says something along right, the lines right hand to hand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like you know, not only is he good with weapons, which he he says he still remembers his training, mm-hmm. but like. Then Giles is the one who has to help him, you know, with the flare gun or whatever. Yeah. And, but then he's like, well, even if, you know, I'm not good with weapons, like I still remember my hand-to-hand training and all this stuff. Yeah. And Yeah.
1: And it literally comes down to his hands, you know, which right. he he's... uses to smack. <laughs> he can't even, like, throw a Yeah, and not even, a like, like a hair
0: pull. And, yeah, like, it's and not even like it's like terribly aimed slack, yeah they're like, right? not, like not, even not even
1: connecting like, each other yeah
0: yeah just kind of like flailing yeah. about <laughs> where they happen to every now yeah. and then you know touch but um no it, that's a hilarious that's a great scene, scene. yeah um oh followed by harmony complaining about how people never pay attention to her and yeah You know, nobody listens and whatever, and turns around to find that Xander. Yeah. Why do men
1: always leave and Xander's gone? Yeah, 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 yeah. And she's burning all of Spike's sex pistols albums, which I'm sure (laughs) he's going to be thrilled about.
0: (laughs) Right. Yeah. This is this is. I'm not crazy ex girlfriend at all. You know. Yeah. (laughs) Harmony. Um. Yeah. So from a from a you know inspiring Spike to be evil genius you're right like there's nothing uh even close to what drusilla does but and and but then there's also i mean the fact that drusilla does her own stuff too and harmony just seems to be waiting around for spike all the time yeah. to kind of do whatever and but then when spike actually suggests not suggests, sort of orders that they go after buffy where you get the thought that drusilla might be like oh yes let's go after the slayer like harmony is like oh just leave her alone she's gonna beat you up again yeah like where's your you know if you're gonna be you know where's your back your man attitude kind of thing and not that you have to always do that or whatever but like you don't have a plan of your own so like right like you're you're kind of it's kind of the worst of both worlds in that right, respect. Right. Whereas Drusilla, well, you, you kind of would... get
1: that she, like she interprets that his obsession as like, you know, almost romantic, like, like that he is obsessed yeah. with Buffy. He can't stop thinking about Buffy. So there's right, like a like... jealousy element there. Whereas I think clearly when Drew was around, Spike didn't really have eyes for anybody else. That wasn't ever right. a question. He hated Buffy, but he wasn't obsessed with Buffy in the way that he seems to now be. Like, it's almost like yeah. Harmony's around because he likes having, you know, her around because she, like, you know, strokes his ego and stuff. But but it's <laughs> almost stuff. like in the wake of Drusilla, then he did replace her with Buffy more so than with Harmony. Like... Harmony's not really his partner in that way, that Drusilla was. His obsession now, rather than protecting Drusilla, is take down Buffy. You know? This is all Buffy's fault. You know? And so there is, like, almost a a weird obsession with her. Um,
0: Right. It's like now he has a project. You know, like...
1: You
0: know, before he had a relationship with Drusilla, and, right, it was all about her. Now it's like, yeah, Harmony's just...
1: Yeah, kind of, Harmony's... Like, only Toy
0: on the side, but, like, Buffy's right. his real project. Right, I mean, Harmony's know, there.
1: Harmony's only mm-hmm. involved insofar as she can be useful, you know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I, you know, I think Harmony picks up on that, you know, as as purposeless as she may be on her own. I think she's right when she's like, you know, hey, you are obsessed with Buffy, and she is just going to smack you around. Like, she's, that's true. <laughs> you know, but... yeah. yeah. Uh, so I don't imagine Spike and Harmony ever developing in any, you know, I feel like they're gonna go on like this, this kind of, you know, get together and then piss each other off and go their separate ways for a while and then try (laughs) to get together again. And then uh, like, it's just going to be that back and forth, you know, but never really being like working towards the same goal.
0: Yeah. Yeah um so in the last like minute and God. 40 seconds uh we should probably bring up the other relationship like the uh, main part episode. of the story <laughs> <laughs> the riley Which is and, riley, and, and yeah. buffy and yeah uh thoughts there well did you so were you of force opinion that uh everybody knew that riley was sort of i mean
1: that kind of <laughs> seems like what it's driving at from, you know, as soon as he starts saying like, well, I like her, but I don't like, like her," and she's peculiar. you're like, okay, we'll see how long yeah. this lasts. Yeah. Um, another potential double meaning to the initiative, you know, is his kind of taking initiative with the Buffy relationship and, you know, going out of his way to ask Willow about her and find her likes and her dislikes and everything. Mm. Um, kind of, I don't know how much to read into this, but interesting little things with him, like and we've got this before, like of him being very um, set up as kind of the anti-Parker and very good in all the ways that Parker is not. Um, And part of that is um, these little moments where he uses very like old-fashioned language. Mm -hmm. You know, like you know uh, he says like he talks about courting someone like buffy or um mm-hmm. there was some something else now i can't remember um oh like he says like parker you know was being crude like there're just certain things that it's like yeah you know teenage boys or you know even 20 something boys don't use those uh terms very often and it kind of seemed to suggest like This kind of more old-fashioned, you know, I guess, charm about him or something. Um, Maybe as opposed to Parker's more kind of, maybe more modern way of, you know, um, I don't know, approaching, like, well, it doesn't have to mean anything, and it, like, you know, or whatever. Like, like a more casual attitude- towards dating and everything whereas Riley seems like there is a courting period you know where like you're testing the waters and you're going slow and you're trying to approach it the right way and being very proper and very gentlemanly and everything um yeah so yeah i don't i'm i feel more sure this week than i have in previous weeks that that's an act like i i'm i feel pretty sure that's not an act whereas earlier i've been hesitant, you know, wondering about that. I could still be wrong. Um,
0: But it seems like because
1: we're seeing him in conversation with people who aren't Buffy. um,
0: That's exactly what I was going to say. You know,
1: we're seeing him say this stuff to his friends, you know, so presumably, you know, clearly Parker will say nasty stuff to everyone except the one he's trying to impress. So, like, Riley's at least being consistent in his, you know, charm. You know, so if it's an act, it's a very well hidden right. one. But um, I, I think I feel we're supposed safe to in we saying, could take him at face value.
0: I was just going to say, I, I feel safe in sort of revealing at this point, like, this is Riley. Like, yeah. we're not, I I don't think we're supposed to be reading it as an act. But yeah. my hesitation before was just, I didn't want to sort of ruin anything. Sure, but yeah. I mean, clear and clearly by the end, they're. Getting along and yeah. we can sort of read the writing on the wall, yeah. however we will. But I think we're supposed to take it like that. This is this is how Riley believes women should be courted. Yeah. And and the fact that he's sort of awkward and like he even brings up like I can do stuff. I'm good at stuff, right. but I'm terrible at this. And yeah. like I love that. You know, I can't believe I choked. You really, really did. Yeah. <laughs> like, Willow's like, yeah. you really are terrible at this. Like, this yeah. is just... Well, I love that, like, he's...
1: he goes up to talk to her, and he finally he has all these things that she likes and has stuff to say, and then he just ends up asking her about her homework. Like. <laughs>
0: yeah. Like, oh, great
1: and... way to break the ice. But, yeah. of course, that's what he would talk about because that's what he's good at, you know, is like... <laughs>
0: Right, that's the connection that he already has with yeah. her. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So <laughs> it is it is kind of funny this sort of floundering and and whatever. Um, I also think it's interesting that like Buffy encourages him. You know what I mean? Without like coming mm-hmm. out and saying, "Oh, I like you." <laughs> like, like you do get moments of like Buffy saying, "Go on." Like, you know. Yeah. You kind of, like, she sort of seems to know or suspect that, you know, why he's there to talk to her, but doesn't, neither one of them, excuse me, ever sort of gets it out and says what they both sort of know is going on. So I sort of think, like, after having watched it a number of times, that that's actually a little more interesting, too, because I don't think, I mean, I don't think before this we ever get a real sense that either one of them likes each other, but you do get the sense of like, there is a renewed sort of acknowledgement and noticing Mm -hmm. each of the other, even though we get more of Riley's side of it than Buffy's. Yeah. Like Um,
1: Buffy says something to Xander, like, Oh, you know, no, I don't, you know, she, she kind of indicates that she's not interested, but that's what Riley said at the beginning of the episode. So like, maybe we're invited to see, her is the same as him as not necessarily having realized, you know, that she might like him. Like she hasn't really acknowledged it yet, but it doesn't mean that it's not in there, you know?
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah. But
1: by the end of the episode, they've both kind of started to like admit that to themselves a little bit more.
0: Um, right. Um. I do want to point out one other thing. So you get this, uh, initial conversation between riley and willow and you know willow asked him you know why should i trust you and she goes well just, just sort of hoping you'd think i have an honest face yeah and, and she goes i've seen honest faces before they usually come attached to liars yeah and so i think on the one hand you're supposed to contrast that with parker right, right? parker sort of had an honest face yep. and you know he talked about being open and having connections and this and that and, the and that was thing. my
1: sort of cynical hesitance in the last couple of weeks is that same sort of thing as Willow's mm-hmm. feeling you know and Willow clearly has reason you know because of reason right of so she's kind of in the same place as me is oh we've been burned very recently and we're not gonna like stick our hand back in that flame again you know
0: <laughs> right that's the other thing is like is you know Willow's also probably sort of thinking about us yeah. in this situation of yeah. you know he said he loved me and then yep. he left me kind of thing yep. you know so like there's that I also want to point out, Riley is a liar. Yeah, uh, he's doing this secret yeah. organization.
1: Uh, yeah, well, sniper, whatever. Talk about, whatever
0: thing. Talk about like,
1: parallels. He, you know, he <laughs> goes down saying, "What normal girl is going to date someone like me, who's, you know, a demon, a hunter, demon hunter by hunter night?" By night. Yeah. And you're like, "Hey, way to draw a big bullseye on the way that they're exactly the same." <laughs> like, right? So but, that's totally you know what we're meant to see I and yeah like he is lying in that way like he's covering up this whole other secret identity
0: yeah right it's not right and it is a secret identity. it's not just like it's not like i'm going to say whatever i can to sleep with you it's i've built an entire right lie of right. a life you know right. so it's that not even people like... don't find out what i really do right.
1: Right. It's not um, even like, oh, why with a girl to get her into bed? It's like his entire life is a facade for this other yeah. secret life. You know,
0: and I, I just think about like every every now and then you see like these stories in like the news of like like a pilot, you know, who like flies between you know i don't know east coast and west coast on a regular basis and like they have two different families you know yeah. where there's just like they have a family in la yeah. and a family in new york yeah. or whatever you know cities they might be going to so like
1: and it's always the ones that oh he was such a great guy you know he right? loved his exactly. family we had no idea and you know they have an honest face and like you know yeah of course
0: right they're very trustworthy they're very charismatic and can sort of get people to trust so so yeah at the same time that we that we are looking at and i think we're meant to see and believe that riley is sincere there's also this sort of cognitive dissonance of the fact that he is actually lying maybe only lies by omission but i still feel like that's a lie like it's it's there's clearly like this
1: with good motivation. I mean, Buffy lies about who she is. That doesn't mean that we disapprove of her doing that, but like, but the fact remains that Willow, you know, is speaking a little bit more truly than she realizes there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, right. There's that irony. And then there's the irony, you know, where they're at the bench and neither one of them wants to say why the other should leave. And Buffy's sort of putting on this like fake, you know, uh, women's empowerment speech about, right. oh, what you don't think women can take care of themselves when it's like, I mean, yes, she believes that. So like in one sense, it's not fake in that sense, but like, that's not really the argument right that she's means to make at that point. It's, it's really, you need to leave because you might get hurt. Right. Well, both of them can take care of themselves. Right. And if they would just like be honest with each other in that moment, there would be lots of other stuff that could be sort of addressed. Right. But, right. Um, yeah. And you it, get them,
1: it, you know, neither were, neither of them want to leave until the other one goes. And then there's a scream and see ya. And they both run in opposite directions. Right.
0: Right. Um, but then that of course leads to the fact, uh, well, the fight, I guess, in the dorm room, right? Like eventually it, mm-hmm not not very late from that, very, very late, very much after that, <laughs> um, you know, it leads to this whole, you know, the special agents cutting the power right. and, you know, going SWAT style into the dorm room and, you know, this sort of fight in the dark and Buffy uses the flare gun that, you know, she didn't think she would need and, and it, you know, sort of blinds them all because they have their night vision goggles on. So, like, there's there's all this you know stuff that like leads up to that that you know could have been resolved if they had just been honest with right. them there and in, in that beginning but um neither one of them like they're both sort of blinded and like you get the vision from riley like he can't quite see who it is and I, you know and you get sort of the classic yeah it was a big guy who attacked us like you know we we don't know who it was but clearly spike has some big demon working with him that you know <laughs> beat us up yeah and,
1: of course um, it's yeah, it of course it's he, you know, he was really big and strong. And it makes right. me wonder whether they are just assuming that or did they kind of get the impression that it was a girl and they just don't want to admit that, so they're kind of saying, "Oh, he was yeah. really big and strong." I kind of wasn't sure. I mean, I know they know it was well, they don't know that it's Buffy, but Right. did they are they kind of trying to make themselves look good there? um or do they really just have no idea and because of how powerful you know the fighting was they just assume that it was this big strong man or whatever
0: Yeah I think I think you're right that it's we're sort of supposed to see it somewhat ambiguously um I mean we do get Riley's sort of vision but it's dark you know they were just yeah. blinded by this flare in their night vision so we can't quite make out what it is, but like at the same time, like you can sort of tell, it's not like a huge demon. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Like, so they, they're, they're, even if they don't suspect it was a girl. Right. I think they sort of know it wasn't like as big as maybe as they're leading Walsh on to believe. But it Um, seems
1: like she's clearly annoyed that they, so they're, they're trying to make themselves look as, the least pathetic as possible, you know? Right. So, you know, it wasn't our fault. It was this big, huge demon and, you know, or whatever. So.
0: You're right. Um, yeah. And I, so we get Walsh, you know, the, the no excuses Walsh version there, right? Where she's giving it to Riley just as good as she gave it to Willow earlier. Right. So, uh, at least a little satisfaction in the fact that she's at least consistent in her, yeah constant disappointment in other people's inability to be consistent. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, any, so, but in the end, uh. so, and right in, in the end we get Buffy and Riley sort of, again, not quite lying, but omitting the fact that they were both involved in this raid on the dorm, yeah. you know, kind of thing. Like there's, you know again it's not it's not direct lies but it's omissions and sure. uh you know sort of imp- imp- implying that they weren't really there and how weird was it mm. you know like when they were both there and they know exactly what right went on. like they both talk uh, about
1: the prank on her dorm you know but right. uh they both know it really... wasn't a prank yeah yeah
0: um and they both know that Spike was involved and sort of was the central figure in all of this. Right. So. Right. Um But then you also get the rest of the conversation where did Willa tell you I like cheese? Yeah. <laughs> we keep going back to this cheese yeah. and Buffy calling him a little peculiar, yeah, which yeah. obviously is
1: yeah. Now again, we know with, that again with the parallels and stuff. Yeah. 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 yeah,
0: yeah. Um and Riley saying can live with that. So again, right. There's this sense that they're moving closer together. Yeah. Um, and we'll see how if, and when, mm-hmm. you know, this stuff gets revealed. I mean, you sort of almost have to know that at some point it will be sure. revealed. So it's just yeah. the manner in which, and you know how that affects things and yeah. what goes on after that. Yep. Um, any other thoughts about Buffy Riley?
1: Uh I don't <sighs>
0: Anything think... else.
1: No, I think that pretty much covered everything. The only other thing <laughs> I wanted to mention is the the uh scene where Spike era not Spike Xander's mom makes them fruit punch. <laughs> and Giles uh is very excited. If it's raspberry, he wants raspberry, right. you know.
0: Is it raspberry? And, and it's right when yeah. Xander's
1: kind of talking up his own, like, machismo and everything. Xander! Yeah. Yes, mom? You know.
0: <laughs> right. Um, and, like, well, with
1: you and your little friends. And it's just Giles. Like, it's not even and, friends, plural. It's just Giles. And Giles probably wants the fruit punch.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I want to point... <laughs> there's several things I want to point out. <laughs> so, first of all, we've heard... I don't, I think this is the first time where we've actually like heard or actually had a direct involvement in some way of Xander's parents. Yeah. I mean, like, we get Anya saying that the mother let her in, but like, that's not whatever. Right. But like, everything that Xander has ever said about his parents yeah. have implied that they're like terrible people. Yeah. So, like, now when we actually get, like, like, Xander's mom calling down. It's totally
1: like Mrs. Brady. Like, the nicest nuclear mom you can imagine.
0: (laughs) Right. Like, we get, like, you know, that they're always fighting or that there's, you know. And that's not to say that they may not always be fighting or whatever. But, like, the one time where we actually get something from the parents themselves, it's... Right, the, like this nicest, oh, I made you guys some
1: fruit punch. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. uh,
0: it's not the, right. more, er, you know, like landlords who demand rent for, you know. Right, right. Uh, Maybe
1: like his, like his military skills, might this be more big talk from Xander, you know, about his difficult, strained relationship with his parents, like, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know.
0: Um, I also wanted to point out, so like with Giles and Xander, we get several scenes where they're they're just sort of like trying to deal with like their general malaise and inability to uh help Buffy in any way and and so Xander comes up with the great idea of you know hey let's conjuring demons just so they can take them so that we can fight it and and you think about that and that's exactly what Giles has done in the past like in his Ripper days you know they conjured demons and They didn't fight them, but eventually had to, you know, right. like it. Yeah. And he just gives them this look like that's the stupidest thing in the world. But it, like it, it sort of draws, like we're talking about parallels. It sort of draws yeah. a parallel between Xander yeah. and Giles. Only this time you have a Giles to tell you how stupid that idea really right. is. <laughs> like, right. Uh, not. Yeah. Friends well, and what did, what was that boredom of
1: you? other than like boredom? And, and thinking yourself a lot cooler than you really are and a lot more capable than you really, like Xander at, you know, 17 is probably pretty close to Giles at 17, you know?
0: (laughs) Yeah. And right. And Xander seems to have a very short memory about how many times exactly he's been able to actually kill a demon or take care of one, which is like zero. Right. It's like, you might want to, you might want
1: to work on harmony first before you start conjuring up like hell fiends and stuff you know <laughs> right right
0: um the other thing that i just wanted to mention about drows is i believe in every scene that we see him almost if not every scene we see him he's like eating. yes yeah this is I've like that yeah <laughs> this is like you know he's just and this totally snacky, you know, like yeah. bored eating. It's not, you know, healthy stuff by any means, but it's just this like, and, and even just in the last, you know, like the Halloween, we saw him like sitting there with the bowl of candy, right, you right. know, like, like this is sort of like the running gag that like, he just doesn't have anything to do right. anymore. He, and so like all he does all day the is, void
1: with, <laughs> you, you, you know, <laughs> yeah,
0: you get the two bachelors food, who are just yeah. right. Sitting around trying to find some sort of purpose in life. Yeah. And, you know snacking on whatever yeah. um so i i think that's hilarious i i mean there's still i think some struggle from like sort of the writing perspective of how exactly do we, do we sort of involved? make sure that we include these important characters i think but at this point they don't really have much to do so it's
1: right Well, it's, well, it's ki- like, they're
0: kind of making fun of that like, you know well,
1: and that's probably the best way to handle it is to just be honest yeah. about it and make it part of the story you know and so yeah. yeah like i'm enjoying him sitting around snacking even if he's not doing much but i guess like i'm get i'm guessing that when like whenever we kind of figure out what the arc of the season is that'll give them more chance to get involved because you can have like a multi-story you know rather than like standalone episodes we will have more of a sense of like where it's going and you can have Giles doing his research and everything. But like, because they're not at the school every day, it's harder to get them involved in like the day to day, Mm -hmm. more standalone plots and stuff. Um, So I can see how that has a little bit of growing pains at this point. Um, But I think lampshading it is generally the best way to handle that stuff. (laughs) And just, okay, you know, if we have to do something which we know is a little bit awkward, we might as well call that out and make fun of it and mm-hmm. be honest about it, you know? Um, Cause what you would really hate is if they just sort of disappeared. Um, or yeah. if they were like forced into every plot in like a really yeah. contrived way, you know, mm-hmm. this way they stay involved, but, yeah. but the fact that they're self-aware enough to know like, we're not involved in the main plot and we're a little bit annoyed.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. At least you don't get like another episode where it's like Xander works at, you know, the local. Right. It's not going to be like Xander
1: has a different job every week. That's related to whatever the monster of the week is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, anyway, so cool. Well, obviously we've got more to learn about the initiative and, Buffy and Riley and all this and that, but um, we have gone grossly over time. So I feel like we should leave oh, it holy there.
1: Crap! Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! So I didn't um, realize it was that far over. All right. Yeah.
0: We we need to move on. But the uh, any any just final sentence of thought uh, or
1: no? Looking forward to more Spike.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, but you won't get it next week because it's Angel. But anyway, um, (laughs) you're right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So anyway, Uh, on to Doctor Who, and I feel like we're probably gonna talk a lot about this because there's a lot of stuff that happens here too. Um, I want to sort of start out with the situation, and I mentioned to you um, before we started recording that I, I. Saw speaking of parallels. Uh-huh. I saw a sort of parallel between this one and uh I can't remember the episode name and I should have looked it up because we were talking about it, but I didn't. Um but the the first episode in the
1: uh Was you, it you, the, you know the, 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 the couple of, episodes the that that
0: led up to i maybe whatever one where we get um the Timothy Dalton's Yeah, it's um,
1: The End of Time Part 1.
0: Okay. Uh, so it just sort of reminded me of that. And just because you get this frame of a voiceover yeah. of someone who you don't know who it is talking, and then you sort of... Like, there's a story. The 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 frame and the voiceover itself, like, is a story because you sort of find out what's going on. Right. You know, with, like... It's in the future and you, you end up by the end finding out that it's Eldane reflecting from a thousand years later on what happened in these moments and kind of thing. And so it provides this kind of, uh, you know, uh, well, again, frame around Mm -hmm. the story. Um, so I don't know that there's a lot to say, but I'm just curious because even like, at least with, um, what what so what's timothy dalton's character's name again i'm rassilon. sorry in rassilon i, I was <laughs> close but i won't tell you what i was thinking um <laughs> it was a no oh, gosh. it was a little more marley-esque anyway so um the, the 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 uh i can
1: imagine where you're going with
0: that the i guess sort of the thing that i'm Wondering about then is like at least with with Rassilon, you know, you you find out like sort of what happens to him, right? But here you here you don't, right? So you don't know, uh, you know, when you get to the end of the story and you hear Eldane and and you know, there's the reveal that it's a thousand years later and they're ready to, you know, approach yeah. the people of Earth about sharing the Earth. You don't know at that point if the Earth is ready for them any more right. so than they were. At the time that the main story takes place. And so that's interesting because it does leave this sort of question or um, dissonance even sort of in your mind of of what happened. Um, And like we get the peace talks and Mm -hmm. there's a lot to work through. And you get the doctor's appeal to Elliot where – I mean, it's sort of a general appeal, but you get the sense that he's specifically talking to Elliot and Elliot even responds like, I I understand I'll, I'll help, you know, and the doctor, I like that the doctor sort of, he's like, by whatever means necessary, like religion, science, ration, faith, whatever, like, it doesn't matter. You just need to help. You need to figure out a way to get the people of earth ready to live with these people because we can't have this battle taking place. That's about to take place right now. Like you know right. what I mean? Like uh, yeah. And if, you get
1: that that specific like I like that word appeal. Like the appeal to the next generation. You know, like mm-hmm. the 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 children, which are the future of the world. You know, and and you yeah. get and and Elliot is the is the representative of that saying. I get you. Um, you yep. know. He yep. and the Doctor are on the same wavelength, you know.
0: Right, right. Yeah, like there, there is this long term, uh, thing that needs to happen, and and we don't know. So we don't know, at least at this point. And I, I mean, just given the nature of Doctor Who, I'm not necessarily expecting to find out. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like I don't.
1: Yeah. Like with, Buffy, I'll, I'll, with I'll the just, initiative. I'll just confirm and say we will see Silurians again. But at the point in which episodes have aired at this point in September of 2014, we don't have any follow-up on this particular plot point. Um,
0: And and I I don't necessarily expect it. I just find it interesting. Well, and there's
1: a couple kind of things related to that too, which I think, like, it's just kind of intriguing to have a story, sort of like the waters of Mars a little bit, that kind of, like, projects into the future of our own Mm. planet, like... Not, like, millions or billions of years, but, like, in a reasonable amount of time. You know, kind of doing that, like, near future kind of thing. Um, Mm -hmm. But a few other things, too. I think it's kind of the fact that we don't find out specifically what happens is interesting in light of the doctor's sort of speech about how this isn't a fixed point, that this is an opportunity Mm -hmm. for something. So it kind of works with that, that it's not we don't find out what happens because it's not ever, it's not settled. It's not like a determined, you know, right. thing that has to happen that there, because it's in the balance, you're left sort of uncertain as to how it's going to go. Um, yeah. I, well, I and also, you get the doctor's, sorry, go ahead.
0: Sorry. I was just going to say, and you get the doctor's sort of um, enthusiasm for that or, or, or like, like, like he's like cool with like, I don't know where this is going to go. So yeah. let's try to do something really good right yeah. now. Like beyond because so much of the time it's saving people, right? It's not like proactive, right. like world building, so right. to speak, you know, like it, 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 you know, but this becomes one of those opportunities where you can do that, where yeah. you can say, I'm not, I'm not just stopping destruction. I'm, I'm right. building Creating something. Yeah. Yeah. I'm building something better than what exists now and and hopefully you know there'll be and he talks about like a whole new timeline and it's yeah. like maybe this timeline will be better than the timeline that doesn't have right kind of right. thing so so i yeah i do like that that there's yeah you don't necessarily know what happens and but also so from like sort of the story perspective you can just say well we don't know what happens because that's a different timeline right. like you exactly. know like well you and
1: that's the other so the other side of that, too. Like, if that's the kind of glass half-full version um, mm-hmm. where, oh, we don't know yet because it's still in our future and it's undecided and isn't that exciting and possibilities and all these things. I think the glass half-empty is... I don't know how much to read into this because it's not actually stated, but there are, I think, a couple tiny little hints in there because of the presence of the crack in the universe that turns up. Mm. I wonder what in this timeline falls victim to that crack. Because you get this kind of, you know, moment which, you know, a whole new way of life could kind of spring from this moment. Um, And when they go in to get in the TARDIS and the doctor sees the crack, he goes, no, not here. And I always think that's a reference to, like, you know, if we don't want any moments eaten by you know, becoming nothing. It's a golden opportunity like this one. Um, Mm -hmm. And, I mean, we'll get to Rory later. It doesn't seem like the whole events of these episodes are completely erased. You know, the other characters seem to remember what happened. They remember, you know, he's talking to Ambrose about it. You know, the drill still blows up. Like, it's not like everything just gets wiped but I kind of feel like part of the uncertainty is the hint of you're not quite sure if this opportunity is going to get lost in all of that. You know, maybe sometime in the future. You know, maybe the fact that there was an opportunity and it doesn't necessarily get realized. You kind of wonder what the presence yeah. of that crack in the universe might have to do with that. So that's my, right. that's and... my pessimism coming out to balance the, <laughs> to balance the optimism. Sure.
0: Sure. And the only thing I was thinking is like maybe because the, the crack doesn't spread real quickly. Right. You know, in any of the places where we've seen it. So like it, it is sort of a slow spread. So maybe like, you know, there's a very large underground civilization. Maybe it takes a couple of years right. for this crack to spread. So like it makes sense. You know, for uh, until like the entire thing is completed, like maybe Ambrose does remember all of that, but then maybe at some point, right the 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 entire Silurian, you know civilization does get right eaten by the crack. But then, right. but then, sort of bringing back the frame, the implication is that no, a thousand years later,
1: right they do. Right, wake the voiceover up. kind so, of implies that they are going to wake up. We just don't know what happens when they do.
0: Um, yeah, so I you know again you know we've talked about sort of the continuity yeah. problems in at times with Doctor Who and and sort of they're not maybe as concerned such as Buffy is or even like you, yeah. know, you know other sort of shows contemporary with the modern Doctor Who you know that try to fit in everything you know that's okay like i've loosened up my thoughts about that a little bit (laughs) um but i do it's interesting to sort of think about that you know the frame and and does it happen does it not happen i hadn't really thought about the the crack uh part of influence on that obviously i was more focused on the rory stuff and amy and all of that but um yeah
1: as i think we should be um
0: sure sure but no that is that is an interesting pessimistic aspect (laughs) to it um, well,
1: it just makes you wonder, like, you know, if, if they go to a feature where it isn't shared by lizard people, is that because the alliance didn't work and maybe these lizard people were wiped out or they went back to sleep? Hmm. Or is it because of a different timeline? Or is it because this crack got a little bit out of control? It just, the fact that it's ambiguous, I think, right. is interesting. And it could be any of those things. And maybe yeah, someday yeah. we'll see a version where the Doctor goes into the future and there are Silurians walking all over the place. I don't know. So. <laughs>
0: um. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I guess since we're talking about the crack, let's go ahead and talk about Rory and Amy and all okay. that. Because I feel like if we get to the end and haven't talked about that, then we'll have missed a lot of stuff. Yeah. Even though I do want to talk about kind of the actual episode plot.
1: No, um, but I think it's good to spend some time on this.
0: Yeah. So, so Rory, did dies. you see
1: that coming?
0: I did not. Yeah. Uh, I So, and we talked, I mean, just earlier mm-hmm. in our own podcast episode here about, you know, not knowing when companions come and go right. and that kind of thing. And so, very frustrating because Rory just sort of came to grips with his being in the right. TARDIS <laughs> and letting people, you know, other people, uh, uh, Amy in particular, be the one to sort of decide how things work out like you know now he's he's made it known what he wants for the future of them too but like now he's sort of letting amy i don't know work out her own idea of what she wants and that kind of yeah. thing so uh yeah and then of course now he's dead <laughs> like that <laughs> was not my expectation yeah. um the you know uh especially since we already sort of got the obligatory everybody dies, but doesn't die, you know, uh, in the, in the, just a couple episodes ago. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like I think coming on the heels of that, especially if I were to say, okay, well maybe something happens to one of them at some point and then the doctor fixes it and brings one of them back perhaps. But, um, I, I, if if I were to guess, I would not have guessed that it would have happened so quickly after that. And um, so, and then, right. sort of, there's the other part of me where, like, I've seen the memes of like Moffat being paired with Whedon and George R R. Martin uh-huh. about you know the characters you like die uh-huh. kind of thing. So like. I'm like, maybe I should have been expect like <laughs> maybe I didn't second guess myself yeah. enough, you know, because that often happens where I don't second guess myself enough. Um,
1: yeah. Well, yeah. And I think that that's something we can have an ongoing conversation about. I think
0: um, there's also the aspect of the, you know, I don't know, maybe by the end of the season, Rory will be back because the doctor saved everything and put it back the way it was, <laughs> you know? So like th- th- there's part of me there too, but like without trying to, yeah, here's me talking about how I don't second guess myself. <laughs> um, Without, uh, you know, going into those sorts of things, you know, I, I don't necessarily know that that's the way they're going to follow because I haven't seen a full season of Moffat in control right. yet. Right. So like, I don't know, but there's, yeah, I would have a hard time believing that we never see Rory again. Under what circumstances, though? Right. I don't know. Right. So, like, while I think that we will see Rory or a version of Rory at some point, I just I honestly at this point don't have any idea, and I did not predict that. Um, yeah. That I I thought. I don't know what I really thought when I saw I I mean Restak sort of crawling and having the weapon and whatever. I don't know what I thought would happen, but it wasn't it wasn't shooting Rory and then yeah. having him getting eat, eaten by the crack. That sounds a weird way of putting that. <laughs> having the crack sort of make him disappear from people's minds. I don't that's not a much better way to say it. I don't know what the right way to say that is, but I think I yeah. get it. Um
1: Well and I think that's the extra kind of layer on top of it, too, is that, you know, not only does he get killed, but this ongoing issue of the crack in the universe and it erasing things from history and everything. And so, um, and I think that's interesting that, like, Amy kind of wanting to believe that she'll remember him because she's the time traveler and she can remember things, but it's different when it's her own personal, something that she's so personally invested in. Um, Mm. and trying to remember him and then, you know, don't get distracted. And then just that one moment of, you know, they get jolted by something.
0: Right. What was that?
1: And she loses her concentration for that second. Um, so, I mean, yeah, obviously, like, I won't confirm whether we'll, uh, see him again or in what form. But the issue of, of the crack in the universe and what it does and people's memories, that's not going anywhere anytime soon. So will mm-hmm. certainly keep you know this is obviously the biggest uh toll that it's taken so far um mm-hmm. but that's going to keep coming back for a certain amount of time i won't say how long but
0: yeah well yeah and so okay amy's forgetting of him very frustrating as well and I guess I guess they're not really conflicting but we've sort of got like we we get the sense that like the doctor doesn't really understand what's going on yet right he's sort of adjusting his hypotheses as things right, go exactly, along right, right. like you know because we we've gotten the sense of like okay if the light from the crack touches something then it will make it disappear completely and we'll never have remembered it but then there's like well amy remembers things because she's a time traveler mm-hmm. and so like uh almost like with rose um and you know at the end of of season two i guess where where we had you know like oh because you're a time traveler you have these whatever little right void particles void stuff. on yeah. you that yeah. would that would suck you into the void like it's a similar kind of thing to that it yeah. seems like You know, because you've traveled in space and time, like, there's something special that you you actually will remember things after they've been touched by this crack. But then it's like, well, but that's only true if it's not part of your timeline, apparently. So, like, then we're going back to this. No, there actually is a real danger of forgetting Rory specifically. Um, You know, of Amy's forgetting of Rory specifically. So... Again, like, you know, we're sort of getting refinements of what's actually going on throughout. And and none of them, I guess, they're not truly conflicting because they are refinements, right? They're, they're, no, well, but there's a special situation. Right, addendums and, and and, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, so...
1: Right, and you get uh, a distinction between Amy's status as a time traveler and the doctor's status, right? So, like, Amy's a time mm. traveler, but not, like, anything like experienced as the Doctor. So, when Rory is erased, you know, it affects her memory, but apparently not the Doctor's. You know, that he still retains. Even though, I mean, I know, I guess you could put that down to like a subjective thing of how central is that what's being erased to your own personal history. So, like, Mm -hmm. Rory is central to Amy's timeline, but he's sort of more tangential to the doctors in the same way that like the clerics right. were more tangential to Amy. So that's why she mm. could, you know, so you could kind of, right, kind of right. theorize as to why that might be. But I almost wonder if it has to do with like just the level of, to use kind of our Buffy term, like the level of awareness and the level of, you know, that is that mm-hmm. the difference between yeah. Amy's, you know, immunization against this, Isn't as strong as the doctor's, you know, both because of how important, you know, Rory is to her, but also, you know, how, how much wider a concept of time and space does the doctor have, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. does he just remember everything, every, and he kind of talks about, he sees the past, the present, the future, alternate timelines. He senses, you know, he said that from the beginning that he has all of these extra dimensional senses that we can barely even fathom. So
0: right and and not just senses but yeah like you said like memory like he does seem to remember everything and yeah. can recall it maybe not immediately all the time but like he it's in there right. like he has a, a way to get it um and and so yeah that's a impar- the other, so the other thing i would t- i wanted to talk about um is that not it's not only that you know he is sort of experiences that differently because he remembers, but the actual touching of the light and and the physicality of the crack right. or anti physicality, whatever it right. is that that is beyond it doesn't seem to affect him at least in this case because he literally reaches right. <laughs> his hand into it and is able to pull something is there, out of it
1: yeah, is there a more doctor moment? Ever than Rory saying you can't stick your hand in there, and I'm saying why not? <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> like well, right, and you're
1: crazy, and you but don't, he's fine apparently. Um,
0: yeah, and you like you don't know what's going to happen, right. and he may not either. Like right. it's not, it also wouldn't be the first time where right. he has said. I don't know if this is going to work. Here we go. Let's find out. Yeah. Yeah. Let's find out. So, like, and he does that. It's sort of an impulsive
1: thing where he starts kind of screaming at first and they're not sure how freaked out to be. But then it's just like a a weird sensation. Like, he's not really in pain. He's just kind of like, oh, this is kind of strange and everything. Um,
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, like, so it's not even just that he can remember stuff that gets sort of eaten by the crack, but it's. That's such a weird term. I Um, know. The crack can be a
1: a slightly dangerous...
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sure, sure. We could... Yeah. Anyway, so... Let's not
1: go down that road.
0: But that he himself doesn't seem to be able to be eaten by the crack. So, uh
1: yeah, or at, at least, least or at least not as vulnerable as some of the others. At least not yet. yet.
0: Right, right. Like and who right, maybe if it spreads more and gets bigger and more powerful, which seems to be the implication that is that as it gets bigger it does get more powerful. Um, you know, maybe there's a limit to how much he can resist it, but mm-hmm. in this case anyway, like it it seems to take something more than simply being touched by the light, right. so to speak, right. um to affect him. Uh although I suppose theoretically maybe it does affect him in some way and we just haven't seen the effect yet. Yeah. That could also I guess be true. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know. So uh I think that's interesting. I don't know exactly what to make of it yet cuz yeah. I feel like I need more info. But, yeah. Um and then yeah, and then the the big reveal at the very last scene there where he unwraps Interesting that the thing he pulls out is wrapped. Was that... Did he use a rag? I think I he had, now. like, a did handkerchief
1: he... or something that he pulled okay. out. Yeah.
0: I couldn't remember if, if that was... If he had supplied the wrapping or whatever. Yeah, because like, he I says, like... thought that was the case. He but... says,
1: like, you know, where there's an explosion, there's shrapnel. And so he kind of gets his handkerchief out, like, let's see what I can pull out of here. That's his um, his one gesture towards safety. to... <laughs> You're going to stick your hand into the burning fire at the end of the universe, but at least you have a handkerchief, right?
0: Right. Um, And so, yeah, like, shrapnel, of course, brings up a disturbing image of explosion and whatever, especially when, you know, he holds up, you know, what the shrapnel is and it's the piece of the target. And I guess I don't know how much... Like, we talked about sort of the design change of the TARDIS, yeah. but that was mostly interior, right? Was there much of a design change on the exterior? I can't uh, remember. Like the,
1: the, that, uh, I think, like, the paint is a different color than before. So, like, very okay. minimal changes. Um,
0: but, like, the implication seems to be that this is his version of the TARDIS. Yes. Yeah. Like not, not even like right. an earlier or later, right. you know, potentially no, it like
1: fits exactly uh, model. It fits like exactly with the, with right. what he holds it up against and it's right. the right shape and color. So I think yeah. that's, font
0: size is the exactly. same, like, you know, like <laughs> yeah. all those little yeah. like things that you might check.
1: Yeah. The, right. the shade of blue is just the right shade and every, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. that's, that is the implication.
0: Uh so, which of course is very ominous because yeah. then that suggests that at some point the TARDIS is going to be broken apart and whatever. Um, and,
1: and you know, again, tying that back to these hints that we've gotten of the fact that the doctor should know what the n- kind of nature of the crack is, but doesn't, you know, and he kind of says like, they're all laughing at me. All of yeah. them know except for me. Right. And so that takes on a new significance when you kind of you know, when he pulls out a piece of what it is that it that's exploding. Um, and and, yeah. and it's the TARDIS. It kind of goes, Well, okay. <laughs> you know, this might be why I think people think he should know what's going on.
0: Right. And of course I just thought of another alternative title we could have used for this episode is I'm always the last to know, Um, which is what Riley Uh, says, you uh, know, (laughs) that would have been a good one. But anyway, uh, that's neither here nor there. We can't go back in time like the doctor can, so we can't. We're stuck with one Um, timeline. Yep. The, uh, so anyway, I, I think that, yeah, like the nature of the crack, the, the whole, the doctor's sort of apparent immunity or at least, Resistance mm-hmm. to its effects, um, and Amy's non-resistance, and but yet she seems not to forget completely because there is that moment where at the end, yeah. Uh, so like it, in the last episode, at the beginning we got Rory and Amy of the future waving mm-hmm. to them. Um, now we get just Amy waving, but there is that moment where she says she thinks she saw someone else right. and seems a little confused. So. It seems that maybe Rory isn't completely forgotten in Mm -hmm. her mind. Like, like maybe the crack can't actually erase the memory, but it's somehow just blocking it yeah, or something. Like, I don't, you know, again, I don't know the exact nature of that, but that like there seems to be something there that whether it's because Amy's a time traveler or whether it's true of everybody, Mm -hmm. like maybe there is a sense in which the crack isn't truly erasing, but more just covering up somehow. Right. And so you have to sort of fight through it. And, and the doctor's sort of exhortation that, um, it, it's Amy, like that Rory only lives in Amy's memory, Mm -hmm. right? Like that there's, there is this sense, uh, keep him in your mind. Don't forget him. If you forget him, you'll lose him forever. Um, and that kind of thing. So, yeah, we've uh, talked so
1: much about, um, memory especially in the previous season leading up to Donna and everything with like how important Mm -hmm. you know when there is um loss you know and and when there are questions of identity how important memories are to those things that like you know right it's your memories that kind of tell you who you are and and when things are lost it's memory that preserves them you know um yeah and right. So, well, it, And that's yeah, it. Exactly. Still playing it's... with those ideas. So that's kind of the the gut wrencher is not only does she lose him, but you know, that's, and that's, I think that's a really good scene with Amy at the end is not just her grief of losing him, but kind of her terror in the idea that I can't, you know, let that light take him or I'm going to forget him. And that's even worse. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, and that, that idea of, So like the, the reverse, the converse, the inverse, I'm not sure what the right word is, but the, you know, keep him in your mind. Don't forget him. If you forget him, you'll lose him forever. The implication being that the opposite of that, Mm -hmm. if you don't forget him, then you'll keep him. Right. Forever. It seems like like, so there's, there's this, yeah, there's this sense that like, it's not just that, if you have memories there'll be nice memories and whatever but that there's actually something of him yeah. that's still living inside you so yeah. which may just be completely what you just said but um <laughs> yeah just like i wanted to sort of make that well I, you know reversal and, explicit And
1: like something like i draw this again from the previous season i draw a parallel to river in the library you know of of she di- she's gone she dies but what does he do he saves her to the memory bank <laughs> and and a version of right. her lives on you know in this kind of sort of heaven sorry, sort of storybook but but sort of reality too and you know that kind of being a more sort of metaphorical way of saying like when people go you know they live mm-hmm. on in your memory um so yeah.
0: And in and in the book, and and of course, it's you, you know we get the implications because he doesn't have those memories yet, but that he will right. at some point have those memories. So there's you know there's a very for him with River. There's a very real sense in which she's not dead to him yet right. because he will continue meeting her in various ways. Mm-hmm. Um. So, um.
1: I guess and then the other thing too and. I don't know if we need to talk about uh the rest of this part of it right now but I also think too it's a nice kind of um parallel with um Rory where it's it's him that's very insistent that they return Alea to her family mm. you know and I kind of think he doesn't specifically say anything about like memory or anything but I kind of feel like it's setting that up of you know, and kind of twisting the knife that it's him. That's very, it's very important that they respectfully deal with her after mm-hmm. she's gone and return her, you know, and give them right. the kind of closure that they can have. Even if like, even if by doing that, they're kind of sealing their own fate of like showing them what they did. Um, It's mm-hmm. like the right thing to do to, you know, like he says, like, there's no argument. We have to return her. Um, And so then the the cruel irony of when he is gone at the end, they can't, you know, not only is his body lost, you know, but they, but his memory as well. So they can't have closure. They can't grieve. They can't, you know, he doesn't get returned to them. Um, He -hmm. just gets taken away. So kind of a little cruel little twist of fate there, I think.
0: Sure, and the other thing being that, you know, he didn't have to insist on that. He could have stayed right. safe on the surface, right? And, and, and definitely, not that's even telling had you. to go down at all. It's
1: telling you what kind of a guy he is. You know, like definitely, sure. it, I think we're supposed to. You know, that's Rory versus Ambrose. You know, and how she would deal. Yeah. You know that that's definitely a moment of I think like dignity for him. That it's about doing mm-hmm. what's the right thing for her memory even if by doing that you're kind of ensuring that this is not going to go well. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. No, yep. it's, hel- it's another reason for us to like him before he gets brutally murdered and uh, erased. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Um, the, the, right. And so, him being a nurse and all of that like you would expect a certain amount of empathy yeah you know from him but like yeah this seems like even beyond sort of the norm for that right yeah. it's it's taking that extra step further to you know really want to make sure that you do the right thing mm-hmm. um yeah yeah so Rory dies
1: Rory dies yeah. and so now and you kind of realize how Amy's choice was just the rehearsal <laughs> what well, was coming down yeah. the pike, and I think it does recall that scene a lot. Yeah, I mean,
0: well, it does. I
1: mean, obviously, it's more upscaled because it's for reals this time, and and you know, and and there's no possibility of it being a dream, you know. So, you mm. know, Amy's obviously a lot more upset about it, but it's that same um, kind of thing of it is just a repeat, even though it's heightened, of Amy's choice, where you get that idea that. She realizes once he's gone how, you know, much that upsets her, you know. Yeah. And she's kind of, you know, realizing that progressively in the last couple episodes. But I think definitely by the time he dies and then gets erased in this, you kind of see how distraught Amy is over that.
0: Yeah well and and she says to the doctor, "You know, don't tell me it's going to be okay, you have to make it okay, right. which is a, right. a sort of that you know it leading up to that what's, what's the, the point, point of, of you if you yeah. can't save him so yeah. which we don't get quite that same sentiment here, but it's yeah, yeah, it's that you need to do something yeah. like this is this, your job
1: is to do something and to save yeah. him, yeah,
0: yeah, exactly um so the other thing that I would note is that. I assume at some point we'll see this, the ring again, and that will have some sort of influence on. Yeah. We're going to, yeah,
1: the doctor pockets that ring. So we've not seen the last of the ring. Right. Yeah.
0: Whether that, I don't know, again, I don't know how or what, but like, I didn't forget about that. I sort of immediately thought of it when, Mm -hmm. when we, when we, when I realized like Amy was forgetting or had forgotten, you know, about Rory, like, or was that even in danger of forgetting? I'm like, oh, but there's the ring, so right, like, maybe, maybe that'll trigger something, mm. one way or the other. Um, which is interesting that, which again, like, is why I sort of think that the crack isn't like erasing the person per se, which is sort of how the doctor describes it. Like, it's it's erasing it's making it like they never existed, but if there are relics that can still, you know, occur. But then again, maybe it's because the ring is like in a different dimension or something. Like, you know, like maybe it's has to do with the time travel thing again. So like, uh, you know, being in the TARDIS already, like Mm -hmm. maybe that's, maybe that's a part of it, but for whatever reason, like there, there seems to be again, like maybe some more refinement is needed of the doctor's ongoing theories. So, you know, maybe there's there's an aspect that uh, we don't know about yet. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Um, <clears throat> So, as far as the actual storyline, I mean, we already talked a little bit about like Eldane and the peace talks and whatever. And so, you know, you get the like multiple threats from restack and sort of the escalations of, you know, okay, first I'm judge, jury and executioner. Next, I'm getting my army together to take over you know mm-hmm. from these incompetent you know whatever um but like in the meantime we also get like these peace talks and we right. get you know the more do, civil and do you
1: want amy pond like, as your as your delegate rational. representing humanity <laughs>
0: Yeah, i, always I don't think, know she
1: i always think when i watch her i'm like amy get your head up off the desk like you could at least look a little yeah, bit more right. engaged in this like she's she can be such a 20-year-old or whatever. She, You know, like, just that, like, she yeah, looks like yeah. she's, like, bored in class.
0: <laughs> but at the same time, you get her thinking of things that, like, Nazreen yeah. doesn't really, you know, want to think about. Like, well, why can't we use the Sahara Desert? Because nobody lives there. Right, like, right, And these are lizard people who live on molten lava, so they might be okay with living in the middle of the desert. Right, right. You know? Yeah, kind of and there thing. you so, get her
1: as, like, a a member of the younger generation like Elliot, who's more open to, I guess, change in the future and how could we, you know, not as set in her ways, I guess, you know.
0: Well, right, and Nazarene is just going slippery slope. Well, what happens when they grow too big to be contained in there? Well, you know what? Maybe by that point we'll have figured out a way to integrate into each other's societies well enough. We'll have had trade and whatever. And that's kind of... um, Eldane's point is like actually we can give you lots of stuff and we can figure out a way to live more sustainably because we have this technology where we've had to develop ways to live more sustainably not having the resources that you have on the earth kind of thing so um, yeah there's a lot of a lot of that kind of stuff and it's you know and it's good and it's you know hopeful and all of that but then but of course you just see like knowing that Aaliyah is dead and soon to come down like you know, especially with the back and forth between restack and, you know, like her being sort of chased away by Eldane, but then coming back with larger forces and, you know, you just know that that's not going to get to there. Yeah, um, yeah. And, so, and interesting rivalry. So you get the, you know, I don't know if it's like the three pillars of civilization, <laughs> but like of modern civilization, but you do get these like three competing notions yeah. of you get rest with her sort of military rule. You mm. get Malachi with like the science and like, like with good intention, but still harmful. Right. right. Like he, like you are, he you may are not,
1: dissecting live people. Yeah, you know.
0: exactly. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're vivisecting is what you're doing. Right. So like, this is like, this is not necessarily okay. Like there's yeah. still like, yes we know you don't want to harm people and like i you you know you sort of believe him when he says like he doesn't he's not looking to like that he's just interested in the science but yeah there's still the fact that like you're yeah opening people up and exploring their inner and then cutting them open like yeah yeah um and even in even with elliot like there's still a sort of creepiness and uh uh Uh, I don't know what else, you know, to the fact that he like, he says he took samples from him and then like put him in sort of like a hibernation stasis. (laughs) He's like, I don't hurt them. I just took like samples from him and, you know, put him in. It's like, well, how do you know he's not hurt by that? Like you don't seem to be very aware of how much other people hurt by things. Like the fact that you dissect them while they're awake. Yeah. Um, That kind of thing. So (sighs) I, Okay, so we get the military, we got science, and then you have Eldane, which is like the, you know, the world leader, you know, uh, oh, you know, everything can be solved through diplomacy, which also is clearly not true. So, although that's the better solution than either of the other two, (laughs) like, you know, but I, I get, you know, you kind of get this feeling like that, that you do have these competing interests, which obviously occur in any modern society between yeah military science and you know uh the political sphere so um i thought that that was all sort of well done and the the tensions like you know sort of the i almost said allegory but it's not allegory it's microcosm right i guess right, would right. be a, a better uh term for it like you get these um well, you get
1: like one representative of each branch of the society yeah, yeah. um
0: and and i like so if there is sort of like metaphor or analogy in it like there's that conversation between Restak and malachi where malachi says i rank the same as you like mm-hmm. this is not this is not a matter of you're more important than me or even that i'm more important than you yeah. we we have we have Kind of competing interests, but also kind of the same interests. Like, if we're both interested in preserving our race, it's just that we can't seem to agree on how to do that. Yeah. So, But that doesn't give you the right to make that decision. That just means that, you know, you protect it in the way that you see fit and I protect it in the way that I see fit. Mm-hmm. And when one of us oversteps, the other one is there to, you know, maybe bring back in line but right, restack right. doesn't like that right so her her solution is you know to kill everyone right. Pretty <laughs>
1: um, much.
0: and start wars you know so that they can so that the society can be protected which is ridiculous because there are so many more people than there are silurians yeah. so like
1: well and like you know attacking people is like exactly what's going to put your people in danger um You know, provoking the war is what's going to bring the end, you know. But, like, and so you do get that sense of, like, you know, we can talk, you know, they can talk about how humanity's not ready to share the planet, and they should be. And it's like, well, the Silurians aren't exactly ready to share the planet either. You know, they seem just... or at least not all
0: of them. Not all
1: of them, you know, or, again, back to the Doctor saying, they're not evil, they're just maybe as evil as you are, or maybe as not evil. Like, it, you know... They're not all ready right. and all of their branches of their civilization aren't in complete alignment and, you know, and yeah. they have confused ideas about, you know, what they want right. and how to go about getting it, just like the people on the surface. Um
0: Right. So, um, yeah, I
1: think they're meant to be sort of paralleled to us that way and that they're not all monsters, but they're not all heroes either. Um,
0: no. And, and and I want to point that all out because you get the moment where the doctor says to Ambrose and of Ambrose, you were so much less than the best of humanity, mm-hmm. right? Because of her role in Alea's death, but uh, Alea herself and sure. and Restak are so much less than the best of Silurians, like right, the, right. you know, there's not uh you know there's there's parallels there and i think that goes well with what you were just saying like it's not it's not that one race is overall better than the other there there's actually they're all made up of individuals and Mm -hmm. on the whole not all i mean just logically speaking not all of them can be the worst that's just the way statistics and you know distribution sort of works like the worst is the worst because it's worse than everything else. Like, but that means the average is better and that the best is even better than that. So, you know, there is this sense of like, you get the best and worst in each situation. Like you get, you know, well, we talked about Rory, especially Mm -hmm. like, you know, from a sort of empathy and caring and, you know, wanting to help people sort of you know, like we are talking about, you know, his, his desire to bring a down so the family could, you know, that's sort of the best of humanity, yeah. you know, in those sorts of moments. And, but then you get Eldane who represents definitely sort of the best of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the Silurians and, and, you know, his willingness to talk and even to put his own people in danger when he realizes that if he doesn't, there'll be an even greater danger. Like you said, like if you attack the earth, then there's going to be even worse. Even if, I mean, you know, we know that the humans didn't really attack them first, but it was perceived as an attack, you know, with the drilling and all of that. So, you know, even though that did occur first and it, and it sucked and whatever, like he's at least willing to say it needs to stop somewhere. And this is where it stops. So, um, you know you do get like not just sort of the cross section of like the you know the three different you know the military the 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 scientists and the politics but you also get the the cross section of like intention and yeah. uh you know um just overall goodness mm-hmm. i guess i don't know if that's even the right way to say that Yeah, but, and um I-, I like that you get that on both sides yeah. although it gets called out specifically with ambrose but i think
1: right uh, Right. but we also know that you know yeah she went in there with the stun gun or whatever but like you know Alea was clearly provoking her the whole time you know and she was totally saying you know i'm gonna make sure that you kill me um yeah and so and 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 actually it's funny because i i mentioned to you that a couple days ago or a week ago or whatever, I just finished watching Battlestar Galactica for the first time. Yeah. Um, so it's very fresh in my mind, this whole eye for an eye kind of justice of like mm. these two races, which where did it start and who's responsible? And there's atrocities on both sides, you know, and this kind of, you know, how do you break that cycle of violence? And, and the only way is for one side to, you know, I guess lay itself down and say, you know, Mm. you, you need Eldane to say, we're not going to strike back. We're going to go to sleep and, Mm. you know, and not wake up until later and hope that that, you know, by, by, you know, not striking back, hopefully it breaks that perpetual uh, revenge cycle. So.
0: Right. Right. Um, so, yeah. Well, the other thing I wanted to point out about Alea's death is she initially walks into, like, the taser. Right.
1: Like, the first yeah. time.
0: She she puts herself there yeah. and then, like, sort of castigates her and then, you know...
1: Taunts her unfortunately, again. Yeah,
0: yeah. Unfortunately, then, you know, Ambrose goes and finishes off the job. Right. <laughs> so, like, you know, at least... Up to that point where the second time she, you know, ex- uh, electrocutes her, yeah. like, you could have at least said, like, you didn't mean to do it. And she walked into it. Like right. Not only did you not mean to do it, you didn't really do it because she did it herself. But then you went and did it. So, right, like, right. that doesn't help yeah. with it. Um,
1: yeah, but- no, it is one of those ones where there is clearly, uh, you know not even just good guys and bad guys on both sides but but flawed people like you know mm-hmm. basically good people who are making really dumb choices and doing bad things you know like on right. both sides so you know neither side is really you know yeah. you kind of can't tell who started it first and you know um mm-hmm. and it, it doesn't re- blame can't really be laid at the feet of anyone in particular Right. Or it can be laid at everyone, you know, <laughs> they're all equally responsible, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but then, yeah, well, <laughs> so then you get things like Ambrose convincing her father to set up the drill to go off again. Yeah. You know, in 15 minutes or whatever. Where And, and like, he knows it's wrong. Yeah. He doesn't want to do yeah. it. But at the same time, he, I guess, either believes or at least wants to believe that it's the only way that they can get out. Which is kind of true, <laughs> like, also. Like, it right. is kind of the only way they can get out. of So, like, and even though you don't like it, there is the sense that, like, he yeah you do kind of need to do it so but that you know
1: yeah but then but is, then are they only in as much danger as they are because she put the drill going in the first place so you know right who can say you know that's a right, alternative right. timeline that we don't get to see you know right would would they be fleeing for their lives to that extent if she hadn't put yeah. that fail safe in there um
0: who knows, who knows exactly um, I do like that when they're sort of racing out, uh, you know, of, of the conference room there or whatever, um, the, the doctor keeps referring to his sonic screwdriver as a very dangerous yeah, weapon. Yeah, it's a very deadly weapon. Like you, Stay you, you away. A yeah. Very deadly weapon.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All he um, does is like make sparks in the guns and like, but it looks like it's like super, you know, dangerous and mm-hmm. it's sonic. Just leave it at that.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's sonic um so anyway uh i what so what else have i missed here i think we talked through a lot of it but any final any final thoughts we're we're kind of getting to uh i don't our last few minutes
1: yeah i don't know that i have um anything else that's important really um okay No we well, went a little over well, I, so um unless we yeah, have any, that's unless fine. you have any other thoughts we can wrap it up i think
0: no i guess i would just say um you know the the definitely interested to see what happens with the rest of um you know the Rory stuff and yeah. and, Amy and and whatever so like you know i i know we're kind of coming on the back half of the season mm-hmm. here so you know what exactly you know how that all sort of shakes out um be interested to see actually last like third of the season i guess we're we've been yeah. in the back half for a couple episodes now but um definitely uh definitely looking forward to see that but i don't i don't know what else is going to happen so i guess we'll just have to mm. wait and see and we'll talk about it next time so
1: yep sounds good
0: all right all right, cool, well, we'll be back See you next, you next week time. <laughs>